everybody to the Lock On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by you guys. You guys sent in a ton of questions. Uh, what I'm going to do in this one is uh, recap really quick the 142 to 125 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Lakers improved to 21 and three. And oh yeah, that uh, that Anthony Davis guy. He's turns out he's pretty good. He dropped 50, 50 big ones on Minnesota um, on. 29 total field goals. <laughs> uh, 10 to 10 from the free uh, from the free throw line. Finished a plus 19 with seven rebounds, six assists, four steals, a block. Good lord, good lord. On a night where LeBron James was in foul trouble, uh, you don't normally see that too often. Um, I think it's a, yeah. They said it's the first time ever in LeBron James's career. That he picked up four fouls in the first half. So Davis had to pick up the heavy lifting uh, going up against a pretty good player uh, at his position in Carl Anthony Towns and just wiped the floor with the entire state of Minnesota. That was fun to watch. That was incredible. Um, There isn't really much to say about the game. I I, I do think we are starting to see a trend here that I'm going to get to later in in the show. I would imagine, uh, as a, as a result of your questions, and by the way, you guys can probably hear it in my voice. I'm getting over a cold, a chest cold. Hopefully, you know, as this week goes on, uh, I'll start to sound a little bit better. But uh, I'm going to keep on writing this thing so long as my throat holds up. Uh, but but probably going to be a little shorter show. Today. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. It might be my flu game. Uh, but like I said. Davis was just a monster, and it was funny. I was watching this game. Uh, we're celebrating my my wife's birthday today, uh, so I was watching this game with my family and with Jen. And you know, when you're watching with family, I, I don't. I wasn't watching the game. I'm going to go back and rewatch it a little more closely. But you know, you're, you're watching and you're kind of talking back and forth, and you look up and you look down, and you look up, and you look down, and at one point we look up and we're like, wait. Davis has how many? At what part of the game? And uh, yeah, it was it was it was somehow a relatively quiet fifty point game. And uh, look, there aren't very many players in the NBA who can do that. And the Lakers, this is why you know. And, and again, it's it's kind of it, it lacks nuance as a point, and and. You know, it's it's kind of a cheap shot, frankly, but this is why the Lakers gave up as much as they did for Davis. And while you know we could, if you want, we could go back through the reasons why you know some had I had a problem with the process, and still think, given the context of the situation, they overpaid not for Anthony Davis, but compared to other teams. Like that's that's an important distinction there, but. All that stuff aside, there is no overpaying for a guy like Anthony Davis. He is that good. He's that dude. And, you know, my dad was watching here with me, and he's a bit of an encyclopedia. He and I, he basically taught me everything I know about basketball. And uh, he was sitting there, and and I threw out something crazy at him. I I told him, LeBron and Davis, they're one of the greatest tandems that you will ever see. And, you know, usually he'll kind of fight back against that kind of hyperbole. But he basically said that, yeah, they kind of are. 
You have LeBron, who is playing at an incredible level, not just for you know by any standards, but especially by seven year seventeen standards. And you have Anthony Davis in the abs, you know, in the entering his prime, smack dab in the middle of his prime, maybe, and they fit together. Like the Lakers ran a ton of LeBron and AD pick and roll, and I think it was, and and I think that's frankly why Davis had fifty points on twenty nine field goals. But they they ran a ton of that LeBron James Anthony Davis pick and roll, and you're just left saying, what the hell does anybody do about this? Especially if anybody is hitting three point shots, and you know you look at Danny Green, he he goes four of six. KCP goes one of four, Kuzma one of three, Caruso two of three. But if anybody is hitting three-point shots, what the hell do you do with that? There's nothing you can do about it. And uh, in in this case, going up against a team that, you know, in order to be their best selves, Carl Anthony Towns kind of has to be playing the five. Well, if Cat is playing the five, He's not going to be able to stop AD on any given night, uh, but especially on a night when he had it going like he did tonight. So, or last night. By the time you guys are listening to this, really fun game, just a blast to watch. I can't wait to go back and rewatch it uh, after I after I finish recording this. Uh, but what I'm going to do now is I'm going to throw it to a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to answer your guys' questions. All right, so the first question here comes from Vontae35. If Michael Kidd Gilchrist, DJ Augustine, and Jay Crowder were all bought out, who would you want the Lakers to go after? In order, I would say Crowder, Augustine, and MKG. Or, uh, yeah, MKG. Uh, Crowder is a big wing that can space the floor and, and play some defense. That would be pretty important. Augustine would be the primary ball handler that the Lakers could really use. Um, right now, they're they're relying heavily on a Rajon Rondo, who is hitting fifty percent from three point range. Which, if that holds up, that's fine. You don't really need Augustine as much, but the chances of that holding up are probably pretty between slim and none, and and, and a lot closer to uh, none. Uh, MKG, while he obviously fulfills it fills a need right at as a wing defender i'm i'm a little nervous about the state that his body currently is in uh he's gone through a lot of injuries over the course of his career and he can't shoot and the last thing that you need when you have lebron and ad out there is a player who is going to clog up the 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 key even more given some of the other players that might be out there with them too so uh, I, I would go in, in that order. Crowder, Augustine, and MKG. Dogberry2025 writes, uh, should Caruso be given the green light to drive the lane more? It, fe- it seems like the last few times he's done it, he's made good decisions and seems more confident with his ball handling. And he might even start getting some foul calls as he starts to be more aggressive. <clears throat> we actually saw this in last night's game. Uh, he was a lot more aggressive. He scored, I believe, a season high. Yeah, it's a season high, sixteen points for him. Uh, looked a lot more assertive, to the point where you noticed how assertive he was. Right? Sometimes it, it's it's one thing for me to just say, "Yeah, so and so looked a lot more assertive," but anybody watching that game could have noticed 
yeah, he was he was making a point to really go out there, especially with Rondo out. And he said after the game that he had more responsibilities with Rondo being out, and he uh, was ready for that opportunity. So that was uh, that was really cool to see in in that respect. And then to answer this question, yeah, I I, I do think that as he earns it and as he earns the trust of LeBron and and AD and the other teammates and and Frank Vogel and and the entire organization, that he will be given more opportunity. And and tonight is a good example of what that might look like moving forward. Uh, Really, really good game for him. All right, so this is a bit of a story. I don't think I read it previously because it's kind of personal, but this is the second time this person has put this review on here, so I figured I'll I'll read it out loud. It's the kind of thing that uh, Pete and I do this for. Uh, Jake underscore 172 writes, Hey, Anthony and Pete, disclaimer, I will try to condense this as much as possible, but this is a little long, so you don't have to read it all on the pod. Well, I will, but I hope you see it. On Thanksgiving, I want to say that I'm thankful for y'all. Uh, I first discovered your podcast last year when my dad was in the hospital. He was in the ICU and in, and in a uh, medically induced coma after having a massive heart attack. One thing we've always done together is talk Lakers. So while I would stay with him in his room, I would look for Laker-related pods. Luckily, we found yours. We listened every day together for five days until his heart surgery. After his surgery, when he regained consciousness, he couldn't remember much of anything, but he did vaguely remember thinking a lot about the Lakers. I just want to say thank you for being a light in a terrible time in my life. Shout out to Pete and LFR. He was also on our hospital playlist. My dad is doing great, and we both love the pod uh, and look forward to it every morning. P.S. As a native Texan, in and out is way better than Whataburger. Well, the last part is objectively true. So... That's cool, but really, the fact that uh, this is this is really why I care so deeply about this team. It's that, and and why I care so much about this job. It's 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 not just basketball. It's this thing that you know, for people who don't necessarily have a ton in common, it can bring people together, and it can. You know, be a light in in a terrible time like that. I'm really happy to see or hear that uh, everything is going really well. That makes me really happy. And and getting reviews like this, it it uh, it it warms my soul. Saul the kid writes, "What are your guys' predictions for the Lakers' record in December? Seeing as they are tougher opponents and a lot of road games." Uh, also, this podcast is like the backcourt of Kobe and Kwame. Kobe had 81 points. Pete had 81 jobs. Kwame had three points. Anthony will make three bad pun jokes. You know what? I was still a part of that W. So let me go to the Lakers schedule here. And uh, they've started out. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I guess we aren't counting. Uh, I guess we aren't counting the uh, games that they've already played, right? So I won't count that in my predictive record, even though they have started out December uh, four one, yeah, four and one. So for the rest of December, they go at Orlando, at Miami, at Atlanta, at Indiana, at Milwaukee. I think they can go three and two there. They come back and play. They play Denver, and then the Clippers, and then they go to Portland and finish the month against Dallas at home. In that little stretch, I think they can go three and two as well. The, uh, that would put them at about six and four. Uh, combine that with where they're at right now, and you're looking at uh, ten and five. 
that would be a very good December month, given how tough. I mean, you listen to those. Orlando hasn't been very good this year. Miami has been a surprise. Atlanta hasn't been very good this year. Uh, Indiana has been okay. They've been all right. And then Milwaukee, obviously, is arguably the, the best team in the league, uh, or, or at least tied for with, with the Lakers for that. And then, you know, Denver has been in the dumps, and the Lakers beat them fairly handily. Uh, the, the Clippers already beat the Lakers. Uh, Portland, I think they're they're pretty bad, so I think the Lakers can win there. Uh, Dallas already beat the Lakers, and they have the best offense in in the league. That's something to keep an eye on. So it's a it's a tough stretch here, and and we're going to find out a, a lot about this team, not just in terms of can they rise to the occasion and beat those teams, but also if they do take a couple losses, how are they going to bounce back? How does that adversity really challenge them, uh, or or what does that adversity do to to get those guys going? So I'm really looking forward to it. Shouts to Kwame and Kobe. They also weren't the backcourt there. That was Smushin and Kobe. Get it right. Uh, Zeller99 writes, guards to target uh, via trade or free agency. Do you think Dennis Schroeder or Spencer Dinwiddie could be acquired? No. I Look, I, I've said this a few times, but the Lakers just don't really have the assets to be able to trade for anything. Uh, unless they're going to be willing to, to offer Kuzma in a trade, which maybe. But I think his value is kind of diminished right now. He has been pretty up and down and probably more down than up so far. So, I, I, I look, this is the team that the Lakers have, and, and it's a good team. They're 21-3. and three. This should be fun. Let's go one more question before the, uh, before the break. Rondo Wombo writes, uh, do you guys think that if the fan base can put enough money together to equal Rondo's salary hat, the Lakers will accept that from us and release him afterwards? As big as Lakers Nation is, I'm pretty sure it'll get done within a day. Can't stand to watch him play defense or just be in a Lakers jersey in general. He is a Robert Sacre of point guards right now, and I can't take it. So this was a, this was a week ago. This was uh, sent in on December 1st. And since then, Rondo has actually played really well. Pretty well. I'll go, I'll go pretty well. So I don't think, well, for one thing, yes. Like if, if you're counting, because the thing with Lakers Nation is you got to count like the celebrities that are in it. You got uh, Denzel Washington is a big fan. Jack Nicholson is a fan. Those guys could match Rondo's salary in their car, like with the the change that's in their uh, couch cushions. So uh, could it happen? Yes. I just don't think the Lakers need that to happen. I I, I think he's been fine. Uh, if I can live with Rondo, anybody can. Let's take another quick second here. When we come back, I'm going to keep on answering your questions. All right, Daniel NB writes, First off, don't ever bring back Matt Moore. I'll have to listen to Harrison instead. Well, if you listen to Harrison... Harrison and I have a show together, and we would probably have Matt Moore on that show too. I really like Matt. I look. I, I understand why he might drive some of you guys insane, but sometimes it's fun to have a differing opinion on a show. And I do whatever I can to make counter arguments to whatever point he's making there, and we have a fun back and forth. Uh, I, again, I understand some of why you guys. 
uh, might be driven insane. Hell, Matt drives me insane sometimes, just like I drive him insane. That's the fun of sports is the fact that you can have that back and forth so long as it remains respectful. And he remains pretty respectful with me. And I will probably continue to have him on the show. Actually, I, I probably should have him on fairly soon. Uh, nah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, in in terms of the actual question here, what? Uh, so Matt has previously said, as a as a Colorado uh, res- resident, Matt declared that Denver has zero faith in the Nuggets in winning a championship. Uh, what are some organizations slash individuals in sports you believe will never get over the hump despite how smart or talented they are? P.S. Matt is the troll you think you are, and you are the troll Christian thinks he is. I don't know what to make of that. So I think there's something to that, although I, I take some issue with they won't be able to get over the hump despite how smart or talented they are because I think eventually talent should win out. I uh, I am a Vikings fan. I have 100% uh, r- basically resigned myself to never seeing a Vikings championship. I don't think it's ever going to happen. It sucks. Uh, I would love to see it happen, and I come into every season hopeful because I'm a moron, but I don't think I'm ever going to see a Viking Super Bowl. I think there are other examples of that, like across across all like the Knicks are gonna, never going to win a championship, not with James Dolan as the owner, uh, and that's not in and that the reason I bring up the Knicks is it's not even necessarily just about market because you know Nuggets fans will say like it's all about. My buddy Adam and I go back and forth on this all the time. He he always brings up market, and yes, obviously market stuff is is an issue. It's it's a factor. It's a huge factor. The Lakers wouldn't have Anthony Davis or LeBron James or and LeBron James if they weren't in Los Angeles and weren't the Lakers. The Clippers wouldn't have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George if they weren't in Los Angeles either. Uh, those. I still think, though, and you have to think this, that the vast majority of these teams out there, the vast majority of these organizations are capable of winning a championship. They just, you know, some organizations, some franchises have thinner margins for error than others. And fortunately, I host a show and you guys are listeners of the show and we are all fans of a team that we can actually pretty confidently say that over the course of our lifetime, we will probably see not just a championship from the Lakers, but hopefully uh, hopefully multiple. Wow. Strokes are fun. Let's go uh, San Diego 824. And by the way, when I say strokes are fun, I actually, I'm not making fun of people who had a stroke. When I was in high school, I had a TIA myself. So to anybody who takes issue with that. I've been there myself. You can check my left eye if you if you want to uh if you don't believe me. San Diego 824 writes, "What if Genie Bus gives in uh gives into Magic 10 games into last season and lets him fire Luke? Would the Pelicans still trade AD in the offseason? Would Magic double down and fill the roster with ball handlers instead of shooters? Lastly, pineapple on pizza is gross. UMFers need Jesus." I do have Dirty Jesus. He's, he, he hosts the show with me. Uh, so 
so if if Magic was allowed to fire Luke, I guess it would have depended on who he would have brought in to replace Luke. If he would have brought Jason Kidd in, or if he would have brought Mark Jackson in, if they if they would have brought Ty Lue in, like we're we're just we're we're talking about completely different outcomes to this hypothetical. There's just a ton that 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 could have changed in that situation. My thing is, the Lakers are very obviously in a better place with without Magic than they were with him. He. Look, I love Magic, and this is going to sound really harsh. It is really harsh. He wasn't willing to put in the work that it takes to be successful as an NBA executive. Like, we know this. I'm not calling Magic lazy. I'm not saying that that he lucked into any of, of his prior successes. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that based on his own work ethic as president of basketball operations of the Los Angeles Lakers, he didn't put in the necessary amount of work. He didn't commit the way that he had to have committed to succeed in that role. And Rob Palenka, for all of the issues that that face Rob Palenka, does. He does put in that work. He put in so much work that while he was juggling his own work duties last year, he was able to successfully uh, pull off a coup of Magic's own job. So, yeah, I, I would I have preferred? He, here's the thing: I would have preferred to see in Magic, like if 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 the only thing quote unquote missing from this season right now is I wish it was Magic at the helm of this. Like, it sucks that we had to find out that an actual icon sucked at his job so badly that it took him leaving without any kind of warning to be able to get to where, where the Lakers are right now. Like, that that bit of this amount of success sucks. I wish that wasn't the case, but it is the case, and that's where we are right now. So, if... Because Magic said, like, part of the reason why he didn't, why he felt like he had to step down, like, one of the things that he talked about was that he wanted to fire Luke Walton and wasn't allowed to, and he didn't really like that. And if that's what it took to get rid of Magic Johnson and then eventually get to where, arrive at where the Lakers are right now, then I guess I was willing to, to go through that. Hey, Anthony and Pete. Would you like to see NBA games played outside? I think it would make the game very interesting to see coaches and players adjust their game style depending on weather on the weather conditions. I know the risk of injury with rain, but they could modify the courts and have specialized shoes to reduce the impact of a slippery court. But could they uh, modify the courts and have specialized shoes to reduce the impact of a slippery court? If they could, those would be on the market already, first and foremost, the, the shoes and the court thing. But... Um, I would like to see it. Here's a, a different version of this question: Is I wish that NBA the NBA court wasn't regulated. Like I wish certain teams could back the three point line to forty five feet. Like that would be great. I just like in baseball, I think there's a legitimate home field advantage. There's a more legitimate home field advantage in baseball because you could tailor make your team to the stadium that that it plays in. 
the Yankees, you know, just pile on home run hitters because they play in a matchbox. And the Dodgers, they just basically say, all right, we're going to get all the best defenders that we can possibly get and enough offense to to keep ourselves afloat. And that's how we're going to succeed in Chavez Ravine. Uh, I think one of the things that the NBA is kind of facing, and and frankly, one of the reasons why I think so many people are kind of being turned away from the NBA is how similar all of these styles of play are. The the thing everybody says about boxing is that styles make fights. And right now, everybody is going with the same basic style. There are some differences and some changes among some teams like the Lakers are bigger than some team than than just about every team you're going to see uh the the Houston Rockets are like the far end of the spectrum of the analytics situation right and i but but at the end of the day like the the, the way you succeed in basketball right now is provide as much spacing so you can either finish at the rim or if people are going to stop you from finishing at the rim, have shooters in the corners and just shoot as many threes as possible. And so long as you hit 33% from three-point range, you don't have to take mid-range jumpers. And and it, I do think it has, it, it, it has actually kind of hurt the game because on, every, on any given night, while you might have a fun matchup and different players or whatever, you're kind of sort of watching the same game. And uh, I, I, I wish I don't this would never actually happen. But one way to kind of mix up or force teams to generate their own style is, well, fine, mess with mess with the court. You're going to you're we're all going to play on the same size basketball court, but the key can be wider for some teams or. The, the three-point line can be shorter for some teams and further for other teams and and whatever. Uh, that's that I, that's one way that – and then obviously like the free-throw line has to remain the same, 15 feet out or whatever. But that's how I would like to – like one crazy wild idea that if, the, if Adam Silver ever smoked way too much marijuana – he doesn't smoke marijuana. But if he ever just got absolutely baked – and was considering any and all solutions, that would be a fun one to mess with. Honestly, NBA 2K should do this. That's what the, that that's where this can be actually brought into a, a, as an opportunity is allow you to go out there, design your own court, and play against teams with uh, variable courts, and see how that thing goes. And just and see if it if it adds to the to the fun of play or the the style of play or the amount of fun that you you take in playing that game. Frankly, NBA Two K should do anything to make their game more fun. Let's go. Uh, let's go a couple more questions. Oh, but to answer the actual question, would I like to see games played outside? Yeah, I would because you know anybody who has ever played outside will tell you it's harder to shoot out there. Like shooting outdoors sucks. Every breeze you have to take into account. Uh, I would like to see that. And, you know, this era of three-point shooting, you can't quite just rely completely on the three-point shot if you're shooting outdoors and, and it happens to be windy that day. It'd be fun. Next question here comes from... Uh, this is going to be the last question because my throat is giving out. Uh, on Nick, 
writes, Hi, Anthony. Love listening to you and Pete every day on my commute, thinking ahead to the playoffs. I feel like the Lakers will need at least one more playmaker and a wing defender who can stretch the floor. Who do you think the Lakers can trade for to fill these needs? Do you think the players with these skill sets will end up on the buyout market? Kind of answered this one already, so I'm going to go ahead and skip it. D3DS writes, Hey, Anthony, do you agree with Skip Bayless's assertions that LeBron stat stuffs in garbage time, or is he trolling? Never, ever, 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 ever take Skip Bayless seriously. Ever. Dude's a clown. Uh, A very talented clown, but a clown nonetheless. Pagong writes, are the expectations on Kuzma weighing too heavily on him? He doesn't seem to be playing like himself. Should have stayed with Nike. Uh, there's a there's a laughing emoji here. Uh, I have been with you guys through the dark years. I look forward to listening to these happy years to come. You guys deserve to have all the success you have. Thank you very much. I do think there's something to the lights kind of affecting, the brightness of the lights affecting Kuzma a little bit. I think it's more that... This team, like, you don't get to 21-3 and three if you aren't absolutely going real hard on a nightly basis, and not just a nightly basis against any given opponent, but also in practice the level of competition. And this is something that Pete and I have talked about quite a few times is I think Kuzma is kind of slowly but surely coming around to the level of competition that, that it takes to fit in with this Lakers team and when he does, and once he figures out his role, I, I do think he can be a useful player. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Lakers podcast. My voice is about to go. You guys can probably hear it. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for your guys' questions. Pete and I will be back tomorrow to take more of them, uh, so t- stay tuned for that. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Shouts to AD.